guys, welcome back to another episode of the Let God Podcast. It's me, Wanipa. Me, Mary Hannah. And me, Ayafa. <laughs> Woo! Yes, girl. We are back for your listening pleasure. And today, mm-hmm. today, the topic is a juicy one. We talking about Zegs. Let's talk about okay. Zeg, me. Babe. Hey, let's, let's talk, talk about, about you. <laughs> but with your consensual partner in marriage. <laughs> let's make purity yes, sexy. Right. <laughs> Except we're going to deconstruct purity in a moment. Today. <laughs> In a moment. So yes, we are bringing the the taboo of Christian taboos to your podcasting ears. Mm-hmm. Okay, because we feel like this topic, firstly, has been misdirected, mm-hmm. misconstrued, misinformed, and misinterpreted. Mm-hmm. Oh yes. So we're about to undo all of that in Period. the next 40 minutes or so. But before we begin, as always, let's pray. Absolutely. Dear Heavenly Father, we thank you for your presence that's here with us, and we ask that you would just guide us as we talk about this um, topic, and um, that through our conversation and through the scriptures that we read and um, the context that we bring forth, you would just illuminate your heart, not only to us, but to our listeners about sex and about marriage and about um, just sexuality and women in general. Father, we thank you for being here with us and for giving us this platform to share um, more about your heart with other people, and we ask that you would just lead us in the things that we say. And help us to accur- accurately relay the truth of your word, Father, and the truth of your heart. In your name I've prayed. Amen. 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 It's a little disclaimer in case you didn't know. Um, none of us are sexually active. So, I mean, like. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I mean, yeah, now that that's out there, out in the opens. Yeah. I feel like the reason this topic came mm-hmm. about. Firstly, was because, you know, there was the whole silhouette challenge and there was a little bit of, you know, um, hoorah and debacle about whatever Mike Todd said or whether people should be doing it. And it just got us thinking about, you know, sexuality, how we see it in general. We also do just want to leave a little bit of a disclaimer. (laughs) If you are under the age of maturity for this conversation... But having said that, I do feel that this is a topic that the church in general should be addressing to people from a younger age mm-hmm. because, yeah. you know, it really doesn't get spoken on. And then suddenly you are of age where you could potentially be sexually active and you just don't know what I'm going for what I'm going. <laughs> so if you feel like you can handle this, come on in. But if you don't, to our left, to our left. Okay. <laughs> No period. On a come back note, next like, week. Come, we can listen to it with a mentor, with a par- older sister, <laughs> parent. parent. No, really, like yeah, yeah. because nobody's gonna say we're gonna let their children. Having into- said that, yeah. if you are my parents and you are listening now, exit, mommy. <laughs> this one is not for you. <laughs> no period. My parents don't even listen, but if they, in case they ever stumble across this, <laughs> in case one day they're feeling jovial. I want to have a listen. No, no. No, ma'am. Go back to the episode about um, faith or something. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, the one with the fathers. Yeah, yeah the one with the dads. <laughs> Ciao. Anyways, um, what's a good place to start in terms of this convo? Um, I think we said, you mentioned the silhouette challenge. So I think, let's share our opinions on that. What do y'all think about that? Mm. Well, I mean, I think that the... the 
the drama, the backlash came from, as you said, Pastor Mike's thing. So what do you think about what he said? Because I only saw what he said like yesterday. And what do you mm. think about the challenge? Of- Personally, I feel like, well, there's been the challenge like every two weeks or every week. Mm. So when I saw it, I just saw it as like another challenge. Like I, mm. like I didn't scroll through the hashtag or anything. Like if it came up, I just saw it. But um, what Mike Todd said, I think the, it was the thing that people were probably more angry at was, um, they were thinking of like, why is he trying to police women's bodies? I think that's what the main controversy is. But I didn't think what he said was that bad for them to be shouting up and down. But I think I think what they said, what he said, opened that door, and then people came in <laughs> with their yeah. So it's it's more of like a wider reaction right. to just I guess policing women's body. Yeah, I yeah. I definitely agree, and I feel because you know I heard about the backlash before I actually heard what he said, and I was like, you know what? Let me go mm-hmm. listen to Mr. Todd. Let me listen to what he said, and he said something along the lines of, you know, stop doing the silhouette challenge. Like people are gonna value you more for your body than your mind, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Mm-hmm. I don't, I don't, I don't know if that's completely wrong. Not necessarily in relation to the challenge, but MH, you literally said yesterday in the chat, like we live in a society where outward appearance unfortunately matters a lot. People look with their eyes they think with their eyes you know and I do get where people are coming from about the whole policing women's bodies issue but I think that people's reactions to that stems from the more like historical and more vicious and violent form of purity culture that has been projected throughout Mm -hmm. the church which rightly should be cursed I just don't know if Mike Todd was the correct target of that anger you know what I mean yeah, yeah, definitely. I'm, I completely agree. I think I watched it. And as you said, like, I saw the um backlash, like, what was it, like, this time last week? And I was like, oh. But I never watched the video because, like, I don't have time for that stress and drama, child. Um, and then I watched it yesterday. And I was like, really? This is what everybody was mad about? Like, that was kind of I was like, like I thought opinion. he was going to come with heat. Yeah, same. I was like, guys, come on. Like, we can be mad I was ready to be mad. But he says, he says like, stuff every like that. Yeah, all the time. That's what I was very like, much like. Every yeah. Week. So... No, I was real. like, but I think what you just to echo what you guys have said without going too many in a circle, like without repeating it too much. Yeah, I think the the primary controversy came around the policing of women's bodies, which, as we've mentioned, rightly so, is an is an issue. But I think when people talk about a body positivity and things like that, I think one body positivity is a sort of erroneous, fallacious, dangerous. Dangerous is not the right word because mm-hmm. it doesn't bring harm necessarily. But it, it we should be weary of using, where, excuse me, of using body positivity as a means of advocating for, like, being okay in our bodies. I'm not sure if that makes sense. But I feel like we've gone round and round in circles about, like, oh, I want to be really, really happy in my body and celebrate my body. But one, I think that our bodies are just the medium through which we are seen in the world, and we should have mm-hmm. a slightly less, we should have a more detached relationship with that. Yeah. And that's why sort of the sort of growth of a body neutrality I guess mindset I think I align myself more with so when people are like I don't know why he's saying that you know I'm just trying to celebrate my body I think to people who have that line of thinking I'm just like why is a medium through which you're seen through the world the primary way that you can show that you are actually okay with yourself Mm. and is Mm. nakedness the best way to do that like I'm not trying to say that people shouldn't be naked because there's nothing in here but it's like the question you know 
perfect. Yeah, because like in the society, unfortunately, I think it's a bit idealistic to think that when people see a naked body, whether a woman's naked body or a man's naked body, because child, I can speak for myself. To, uh, if I see your naked body, I'm trying to see, I'm trying to see the washboard. I'm trying to, I'm trying to check. I don't want to see anything. <laughs> Personally, keep personally. your unclothed no, torso uh, off the I'm, internet. I'm just say it. When I saw Woody McLean as Bobby Brown, I was checking. Bobby Brown. I was checking to see if I left something in his abs and his chest. I was just, I should let me go see something if I left it there. They better than me because I'll be trying to think, uh um, I'm trying to see you carry some big things. You know what I mean? Uh oh. If it's that same kidding. <laughs> I'm kidding. Sorry, that that lyric from is it soldier makes yes. me cry. But no, um, so yeah. That's my opinion on it. I feel like as a Christian, just to sum it up, no, I wanna do the body, I wanna do the silhouette challenge. I mean Child, I don't want my silhouette like, to be nowhere. But we work it on the hashtag someone twenty twenty two pending. No period. No, and I think on the point on the point of um Body positivity, I just feel like it's it's even harm, not harmful, but it, it doesn't help the people whose bodies don't look a specific way. Mm. Because like we, can, it's, it's mm. a vicious cycle. It's like, oh, put this type of body out there, but then everybody's gonna cuss it, and that person's gonna go home feeling bad, and that's just gonna continue, continue. Like making something more, banalizing something doesn't necessarily mean that someone's idea about it's gonna change. Mm. That takes a heart transformation, mm. not just you putting it out there. Mm. So that's my opinion on that. I saw it went round and round, but yeah. Per, per, per. I feel like as well in due course, it will be time for us to revisit the like body image episode. Cause I feel like we've grown and had many thoughts since last year, whenever we recorded it, I think it would be interesting. Okay. So now that we've established that a lot of the controversy was due to purity culture and policing women's body, which is quite a, touchy subject especially with the church especially as women so what would you define as purity culture and what are the problems with it so i'll start i feel like um purity culture kind of the the typical thing that people think of is this movement that originated in america in i don't know maybe the 80s 70s or 80s or somewhere like that that was from like evangelicals and they were basically they created this whole thing in a context where they basically thought that like society was becoming very immoral in terms of its standards and people were sleeping around and having like teen pregnancies or whatnot and they were like you know we got to do something so they created this whole thing which was like the basic premise was no sex before marriage and they would like basically promote this message to young people in the church but then they they took it a step further and were talking about you know no bra strap showing women you'll be tempting men if if you're looking anyhow in church they created purity rings where mostly women actually because i saw an article this woman reflecting that she never actually saw a boy in her school wearing a purity ring only yeah, women it was only women wearing, yeah because they had like a whole the father like yeah the what were they called um, purity yeah. balls or something like that where they would have like a big dance with their father that and it was symbolizing mm. the father protecting them from premarital sex Protect and the girls family. are you ti and are you having a look at her rhyming okay. like i'm a bit conceited <laughs> <laughs> protected i said what are you gonna do and morris chestnut bust through the door ready to take me down <laughs> no but it just turned into this very toxic 
toxic thing of shaming the concept of mm-hmm. sex in general and left a lot of people scarred long term because when they eventually got married and they had all these ideas of what purity before marriage would bring for them these things didn't materialize they felt shameful about having sex even with their husbands and whatever and also just it led to a lot child we'll get into the specific issues with it but i think today it definitely still manifests itself in terms of all the conversations that we do have about sex within the church are geared towards women not tempting men and are geared towards women Mm -hmm. not having sex and this kind of thing and you know it's damaging it's damaging but mm. like what do you guys think are like if you could just kind of start to draw out the specific issues with purity culture i think purity culture has been it's kind of like a give and take type thing so it becomes kind of like paralleling um like the prosperity mm. teaching where you don't have sex you have a prosperous mm. marriage you don't have sex you find the husband that of your dreams you don't have sex, your children will be blessed mm. or whatever. And some people, I think I read a story or somewhere where it was like the lady, mm-hmm. like she was celibate or abstinent. And then she got married. The married lasted yeah. three years. And she was like, what, what am I meant to do with this? Where is my prosperous marriage? I think I read the same one as you and she was kind of saying how there's this like fairy tale myth, like she'd been promised all this stuff and then she was left with a marriage that ended after a few years because of, mm. you know, there was just toxicity going on in there. And then she was like, and now that she'd had sex, it was like she was left what she thought was defiled and couldn't present herself as a virgin again to another husband. So what was she meant to do? Because all her life she'd been taught, if you want to find a good husband, you have to be a virgin. Now her marriage has failed. She's no longer a virgin. Mm. It, like, what's that? And like we always say on this podcast, God is not a genie. God is not a genie who's going to grant you your three wishes of what you want from <laughs> you tall, dark and handsome because mm. you, you've you been a virgin your whole life. I think that's one thing that purity culture in its most like toxic form definitely sells is this idea that your obedience is going to give you yeah. exactly what you need out of a relationship. I think one thing about purity, another thing about purity culture that I think has been very damaging is how it's, it's I think it's just sort of building on what you've both just said it's built value around someone's sexual history. And as we mentioned in our first sort of mm. episode about feminism and patriarchy, we all sort of subscribe to a value-based feminism that allows, that it, it implores, pe- implores us as people, as Christians, to view people as human, to view people as images of God before we view them as women, brown, black, queer, whatever. Mm. Um, and so when purity culture sort of entered on the scene, it now becomes a thing where, you're only a good wife if you've never had sex or you're only a, a whole woman or a whole Christian woman if you right. your sexual history is not or if you're a virgin. Like, And we'll, we'll touch on what the Bible actually says about sex before marriage and all of that, but I think that that's my biggest like qualm with, with um, pu- the pur- purity culture. And it also, I think, um, Wanipi, you can expand on this because I know like you're more you're more interested in this topic specifically, but the whole idea of soul ties as well that's sort of a more like 21st century mm. baby of purity culture and how, you know, you, you're, you have some sort of spiritual bondage to the first person you ever slept with, whether it was in your marriage bed or without. And I think that's also very different because mm. one, it's not biblical. It's Christianese. It's just basically super churchy language. Um, and I think three, I think it, it banalizes or it trivializes Jesus's 
death and sacrifice. Like, I just feel like if, if we're saying that our sin carries more weight than the blood of Jesus, have we missed? We've missed the entire point, isn't it? So I, I think that's that's a bit troubling. Literally. Mm-hmm. Literally, I just want to touch on a few things you said and then expand on the soul type things. <laughs> We're going to talk about that. But um, firstly, this idea that like a person's status as either a virgin or not is like a measure of their spirituality is very, very, very problematic because it creates this idea that once you've had sex, once you're like damaged goods or like, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Like there's no going back, like you're tainted. But where in the Bible does it say especially in light of jesus sacrifice that any mistake has the power to hold you down forever as if jesus's blood isn't sufficient like oh jesus's sacrifice is sufficient to cover everything except not being a virgin i think it's also very problematic because of where it leaves people in that situation if you have had sex before and then decide to become celibate or if you are you know celibate and then you know you slip up you have sex whatever just that the feeling of shame that you're inevitably gonna carry with that i just think it's it's just and as as for the other people in church you know you see it a lot when when um say a young woman has a child out of wedlock in the church the way that she'll be treated and the way she'll be demonized it's so crazy as if we're not called to love one another if, as if we're not explicitly told in the bible judge not lest you be judged it's creating just this hostility that's just so unnecessary yeah. and has no place in in christianity and then i wanted to talk about soul ties because i recently heard a popular pastor not recently a while ago heard a popular pastor who shall not be named using soul ties in their in their um their preaching about relationships etc and i just think that soul ties is just this mystical <laughs> thing that's being conjured up to like these like disincentivize people even more from having sex before marriage like i get it i get the underlying teaching you know you want to teach people to to not have sex before marriage yada 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 but i think adding these additional things which aren't there to kind of like scaremonger and demonize Mm -hmm. is just so crazy like it creates this implication that the tie there's a tie between you and your soul and another person. And I know that the Bible speaks, like people often use Genesis 2.24 about man and woman coming together and being one flesh. But it says one flesh, not one soul. And Jesus in um, Matthew 22.30 said that there's no such thing as marriage in heaven. And you would think that, you know, if sex is consummating a marriage and then creating a soul tie and your soul is what goes to heaven, would your soul not be tied to that person? Would you not still be bonded, as in mm-hmm. married, covenanted to that person? But Jesus said, mm-mm. So I think there's not really any scriptural basis of any sort of spiritual tie forming between you and another person. I will admit, maybe the first person that you get intimate with, you're going to have a psychological connection to them. You you might think about them a lot. You might even be or think that you're in love with them and that's going to carry with it a lot of emotional ties. And, you know, that's not by any means a spiritual tie. And even if it was, we know that there is no bondage. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know why it's like that so badly, y'all. CH <laughs> Ministries to you. Oh my goodness. <laughs> don't finish me. But yeah. 
yeah and just one last thing because i know i've been ranting i'm so sorry but just this just i feel like there's no other sin that we speak about in this way as well like i get that the bible says that you know when you commit an act of sexual immorality it's kind of your sin against your own flesh but what other sin do we give that much power that would have the potential to hold you down for life after one mm-hmm. occasion as if jesus didn't die child anyways i want to speak about um how the whole thing seems very one-sided yes, i was just gonna say that like there's a lot of mm. pressure on women and i'll just start off with like you guys probably have more to say about it but the whole thing of one of the I guess consequences of this is the way it's like go to church and find like your virgin perfect woman and people from mm. outside will be coming to the church when they want to get married because they'll they women are seen as whole in that sense but then i was watching a video mm. about a man mm. and he was saying like why are you looking for perfect virgin women to be your strength like shouldn't you Ooh. have a strength your own strength wow. from god as a man wow oh no really let's just have a moment of silence can we just ponder that one for a minute let's contemplate <laughs> <laughs> no really <though>. and proceeds <laughs> even all the teachings and like this also leads to the whole modesty thing if you haven't listened to that episode listen mm. to it but yeah sure. like all of it like <laughs> links together and just putting unnecessary pressure yeah. on women no i 100 mm. percent agree i was gonna pull out what um Juanita said just a couple of minutes ago about um um, how people talk about damaged goods and I even think the language that the church uses and even secular groups use about mm. what people's bodies specifically women's bodies is very dangerous uh, a body is not a commodity and mm. seeing bodies as commodities leads to a lot mm. of things like modern day slavery general slavery you know bodies are not here to mm. function for other people's pleasures they're the medium as I keep on saying through which we are seen and function for oh. the world. they're a gift they're not all that we are, but they're an important mm. part of who we are because that's how people see and receive us. Cool. But I think thinking about women or people's bodies as uh, damaged goods or first sexual agency. Okay. I spoke about this or we spoke about this last season a little bit. I touched about it. I think on in, in the modesty episode to really go watch that as, or listen to that, excuse me, as a prerequisite for this one. But sex doesn't happen to women. It happens with women. And, for, and so to mm. see... Mm women as damaged it's like they're only a um they're only yeah. they're only a they're recipient being used. of something yeah their value is not is not value yes exactly mm. and i think that's very much anti-biblical i've got yes. the scripture here because you know we're trying to really stay bible focused it's first corinthians 7 and this is paul speaking and you, you everybody knows paul bring the most controversy i believe it's paul i might be wrong it is paul um and it's yeah. uh verses three through four and this is about marriage actually so it says the husband should give to his wife her conjugal rights and like was the wife to her husband. Um, like for the wife does not have authority over her own body, but the, but the husband does. Likewise, the husband does not have authority over his own body, but the wife does. And I so I think that really highlights the importance of mutuality when we think about sex in general. And when we think about how we view people's bodies, specifically women's bodies. Um, in that, and I think just in general, like even secular audiences, the language that we use, G and C, <laughs> I tap that. Like, are you joking me? Like, <laughs> I what just is think that G. 
<laughs> like that is very concerning, you know? Um, and as um, Ayanfa mentioned about uh, purity and just how it's completely imbalanced, I think it's very crazy how we've placed women's value on their ability to quote unquote keep their legs closed. But when, I'm, mm. listen, when I grew up, listening and you know they would split the boys and girls off into their little youth group and i asked like my mates who were boys like oh what you men talk about they just talk about like oh how to be respectful to a girl you know basically just not really like how to pull out her chair yeah like Hmm. just understand that she's like a child of god okay that's really good and great and everything but when every emotion is now bubbling up and you're feeling some type of way how does that practically relate to how you treat women how you view women you know, like, why are men not being told the same things? Like, don't you go be spreading your seed everywhere. You better keep it in your pants. The most mm. people get is, like, just don't bring a baby home. That doesn't mean anything. That doesn't oh, mean anything. <laughs> make a baby and it won't bring it anywhere. Literally. No problem. No problem. <laughs> Literally. Literally. And you know what? Can I just touch on that, too? We sp- we said we're speaking about women in this. Like, this whole issue of, like, don't bring a baby home. Men can just be sort of very la da when it comes to... um being a father is a very, very big issue because sex is something that is a biological function, but gender is a social construct. And I don't think that's anti-biblical to say because sex mm. is essentially saying that it is a woman's role Produce, to yeah. um, birth a baby. But gender says that it's mm-hmm. therefore a woman's role to raise a baby when it's not a woman's role to raise a baby. It's a it's parent's, a parent's role. role. So even that whole idea of dumping a baby home, well, you're just basically enforcing the sort of same damaging ideas that we have about sex and about gender and about women and parenthood in general, because that's why fathers will be, can often be so distant. It's just, it's, it's a lot, you know, to unpack, no, but real. I think the sexual agency, the bit thing is what, is what really gets me. There's mutuality the Bible talks about. So to see women as just solely carriers or existing for the pleasure of men, even within a marital mm-hmm. context is very, very troubling. Um, no, I definitely agree. And I also just want to um, touch back on what um, Amphi was saying earlier about kind of women being taught as if, like women being the centre of this messaging. And I think th- this creates this whole thing where like the whole, everything that then flows from sex or like the consequences falls on the women's shoulders. Like women are the gatekeepers. You hear like women being told you know you shouldn't dress like xyz because you know you'll tempt your brothers in christ or whatever as if galatians five twenty two eight tell them <laughs> that the fruit of the spirit is self-control mm-hmm. first and foremost you know and also i think this stems back to the whole idea of like women being presented as like the temptress and maybe this like initially stems from eve in the garden this whole idea that oh eve tempted adam to eat the fruit and whatever and then people bring in characters like jezebel who was you know tempting her husband to do all kinds of wickedry which by the way i'll add jezebel <laughs> was tempting people to do murder she wasn't yeah exactly she like, was the her leader husband wasn't really doing too much so she was doing his job for him yeah. she, was, she was a bad leader <laughs> absolutely but, but that wasn't i think also one thing we should understand because i i've heard christian boys say something like that like women can be dangerous i think that's less about a woman thing and about a human thing sin is human sin mm. is not a woman thing sorry just want to right that. no it's so true it's so true and i feel like um the bible emphasizes a lot taking responsibility for one's own actions so this whole thing about oh women are dangerous first of all like 
I feel like they're mm. only as dangerous as you allow them to be. And this whole idea Period. of dangerous, what is dangerous like if you know the Lord and you're sticking firm to his commandments for your life? Why? What? What's a woman going <laughs> to do to you? You know what I mean? And also just even just beyond that, it has some really dangerous consequences because you get situations where young women are being abused or you know raped molested and and stuff like that even within a church context Mm -hmm. and they feel as if they caused it or they feel this element of shame like they can't tell anyone because they've just been conditioned their whole lives to think that if something happens to you regarding sex it's your fault you know Mm. and ciao People are really dying out here. Like, this is not a small issue. Like, the consequences have been mm-hmm. extremely grave. Yeah. I think the passage that I think is really, really important when it comes to especially victim shaming, um, in any regard, not even just people who are um, victims of actual, like, violence and assault, but in terms of just how a babe dresses or how someone dresses. In Matthew 5, this is just um consequence to Jesus' Sermon on the Mount. And it's a passage about lust. Just a short one, a couple mm. of verses. Um, and Jesus is saying, you've heard it said that, um, you shall not commit adultery, but I say to you that everyone who looks at a woman with lustful intent has already committed adultery with her in his heart. If your right eye causes you to sin, tear it out and throw it away. That's very deep for it's better that you lose one of your members than your whole body be thrown in hell. And it says the same thing about your right hand. And I think it's very, very interesting how we have placed the onus, essentially the burden on a woman to not cause somebody to sin. And I think just outside of the women men gendered relationship i don't it, there, there's nowhere in the bible where i'm inclined to believe that god holds us responsible mm-hmm. for anybody else's sin he holds us responsible mm-hmm. for our own and so i'm not saying that that means that if you are manipulative in any way with your body with your emotions whatever power right god's you not going to hold you accountable for that but i think there's something to be said about how we as a church we as christians have absolved men of their ability to practice and exercise fruit of the spirit, i.e. self-control. I think mm. what would life look like if we had been telling people, you don't treat people or you don't treat women like that, regardless of how they dress, well, how, mm. would, how would things have changed? It's not a woman or the person who is just, quote, unquote, immorally responsibility to make you practice something that God has given you through mm. the Holy Spirit. That's your responsibility mm. to practice that. Mm. It's even like, even just to briefly touch on the idea of the fruits of the spirit, like fruits as in consequences, as in something that you bear once you have a certain connection with the Father. So these are meant to be the natural consequences of your relationship with God, but something is overpowering you to the extent that you can't <laughs> exercise. <laughs> I don't want to... <laughs> Sorry, it's just even sounded so ridiculous to me as I'm here. <laughs> If something is overpowering you to such an extent that you can't even bear that fruit or you can't express what's meant to be the natural consequence of your prior relationship, then that would suggest to me that what needs to be revisited is that prior relationship and not the thing that's causing you to not be, supposedly not be able to express Mm -hmm. that quality. And I, I just feel like in general, just the word purity in itself is is very dangerous terminology to be using because it really equates someone's purity with the actions that they're doing but purity isn't about sexual history it's about spiritual rebirth Mm. purity is a change that begins from the inside 
our righteousness, even our own righteousness, is as filthy rags. And that tells me that even aside from the things you do, the way that you think you behave is not pure enough. The only solution to our ungodliness is God. Mm. So the only way to obtain purity is through the Father. And I don't feel like purity is marked by anything that we as humans do. In fact, that's contrary to the gospel message because we know Mm -hmm. that there's nothing that we can do. So I feel like if it's one thing you take away from this, it's just that purity is not about sexual history. It's about spiritual yeah. rebirth. You know, 100%. Mm-hmm. So girls, how y'all actually feel about sex? When you think people should have been a heavy? When I think people should have been a heavy. <laughs> when you think people should have been a heavy? Because there's some people who are like, you know, Christianity and sex positivity are incompatible because sex positivity is essentially about like, sex with as many consensual partners as you feel personally is fine what are your opinions on that in general are you well we said we're not sexually active but what's the plan like what's happening if you see a sweet one now what's looking the plan up? looking like hmm well <laughs> i hate us no <laughs> she said if you see a sweet one and i've just been seeing woody mclean running through my mind this whole time now i'm all distracted <laughs> Shout out to Woody if you're listening. Um, <laughs> Guys, I just want to actually let you know that when even does not cross on the current versions of people, it's past <laughs> versions. So, like, if there is no way, shape, or form. See how upset you who Woody McLean is. <laughs> no, Woody McLean is okay. He's older than me, but I'll take him in his current state. It's Dennis Rodman from 1991 who I need to rejuvenate and just. <laughs> why don't you start actually mh because you do tend to be eloquent oh okay for me well um if you know me in real life you know i'm essentially a prude um and i'm not not upset about that has like the most opportunity to be honest Um, men would want to fly fly the seas they would be flocking the oceans flocking deer Have we not even experienced such just in the short time we've known her? <laughs> she's she's flogging them off, mate. Especially um, when she is in the ATL. I know she could just go to the mall, go to Wendy's and see one fine. You know the soldiers they were talking about in um, Soldier by Destiny Child. The soldiers. If it's there, say Yes, the soldiers. She could find them where she's at. She's where the hotties reside. <laughs> Yeah, she they're be like no, no, for real. Like men are scary, but um, on a personal <laughs> note, I just feel like yeah. From what I've understood about scripture, I've done a bit of reading in preparation for this, and just in general about like what the Bible actually says about sex before marriage. And we're just gonna be blunt. There's no actual mm. ever one scripture. One scripture that says sex before marriage is wrong. The verses that people talk about are the ones in um the Old Testament. I actually haven't gotten that written down. I should have written that down about um sexual immorality and adultery are like basically mm. bad sins and so people have essentially deduced that if um the writer who i believe was paul was only talking about adultery then there wouldn't have been a need to put sexual immorality um which within that within that okay um i think for me personally as a christian and growing up in i guess on the backs of purity culture um i won't be having sex outside of marriage i just i think that's a personal decision and i think that's the one that i've understood to be a biblical one based on not only just biblical culture, but biblical um, history, excuse me, and what the Bible actually says or implies. But I think also 
from a character point of view, like, I think for me, if I understand that I could have the best version of something in a covenant that God has brought together, like, I, I want, like, I, there's a video that um, I first sent into the group chat yesterday, and it was like, um, uh, having the be- that was best. That's Winifa who sent it. Oh in. my about, gosh, um, yeah. This little couple. It's, it was Winifa. Yeah, Y'all make it sound oh weird using that tone. It's Dr. Charles Wesley and they, Stephanie um, Knight. They are the cutest yes, couple ever. They were so cute. They were so cute. And I would really re- recommend that video. We might even put it in the bio. But essentially, they were just talking about like how if marriage is something is if marriage in a biblical context excuse me is a because a covenant not just between two people but between god mm. and two people um then if sex is tip if sex is something mm. that occurs within that i only want to have it within that context i hope i'm making sense mm. um that's just how that's just how i view it as if and i yeah I, I i'm not sure if i'm saying that point clearly but i just think personally for me my personality as well as what i understand from scripture sex outside of marriage um yeah i just it just doesn't work for me i don't know if i put mm. that if i put that in there no you do i, that I very much me. agree and i had something else to say but i can't remember now but um yeah but if we look at like what sex was even in the bible it was mainly used well the first time people had sex back then was to consummate marriages so it wasn't even expected outside of it but then more than that, like in Genesis, we see in Genesis 20, uh, 2.25, when it was just Adam and Eve, like the Bible said they were both naked and they weren't ashamed. So that just like speaks to a place of comfortability and like knowing everything about your partner, both physically and like emotionally. So. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a really good point, actually. Um, for me, I would also have to say ditto and ditto. To be honest with you, when I first came to consider this question myself, it took me aback a little bit because I was like, okay, I've been kind of saying to myself intuitively and as a Christian, I'm not going to have sex before marriage. But then I was like, why? And like Mary Hannah said, you know, I discovered there is no singular verse that outwardly tells <laughs> Lord Jesus, I just wish there was. I wish there was, and it would be easy. I could point to, you know, the book of Zacchaeus, chapter one, verse three, or something. (laughs) Songs of Solomon. That is one romance novel, but um, it really is. It would be so much easier. But um, I saw this quote from someone. It was like, just because the Bible doesn't have a singular verse on it, doesn't mean that it's not like a biblical concept. You know what I mean? Just because you have to draw verses and you know read around basically just because it's not immediately there doesn't mean that it's not not relevant I think for Mm. me it's something like I have thought about it and um I think initially my justification was just like oh because that's not what Christians do but I soon realized that when push comes to shove that being your only basis mamma mia it's not enough (laughs) mamma mia blood of Jehoshaphat when you are in (laughs) in the crooks of a situation that is not going to stop you from doing what it is that your flesh is wanting to do okay Mm -hmm. and for me I think right now if you were to ask me my justifications of why I'm celibate I would say firstly um because the bible do say in 
1 Corinthians chapter 6, verse 19, I believe, 19 to 20. Um, Do you not know that your bodies are temples of the Holy Spirit who is in you, whom you've received from God? You are not your own. You were bought at a price. Therefore, honor God with your bodies. And for me, that's not to say that I think people who have premarital sex don't respect themselves, not at all. But for me, my understanding of my body as a temple is obviously born within a Christian context. And for me, that means that it's a place that I want to honor in a godly way. Also, a temple is not somewhere, especially not my temple. Child, you seen all this body. <laughs> it's not somewhere that just anybody can enter free willy nilly, just like the temple in the Old Testament. You know, you had to be a person of a certain status. And for me, that status is finna be my husband, you know? And um, hopefully it's Woody McLean, but if Woody not, McLean. it's whoever else I feel like God has put me to be in in that sacred <laughs> to be in I have done the googling yo google him I am not ashamed <laughs> I've done a google I've done the googling he looks like he's about 5'7 but never, no he's mind. tall he's like 6'1 I googled wow, it wow what a Christmas miracle a tall <laughs> man tall man in this day and age man. wow sorry I digress but yeah I, I feel like and, and like you guys said, the original purpose of sex was, you know, this kind of covenant creating. Obviously, we don't we don't see it as like a blood covenant anymore because we don't do them things there. But I feel like it within its original context, that's how I'm, that's how I'm gonna try to keep it. You know. <laughs> what do you think, like, can be done at this stage? So I guess is there a point to undo it, or is it? Is the solution to give equal teaching or no or different teaching? Yeah, just about oh the whole about yeah. culture. What I we... think it's a bit of everything. Mm. Oh sorry, honey. No, no, you go ahead. Okay, I was gonna say I think it's a bit of everything. I think as people who are like young people having this conversation, we can have this conversation and speak to the people who are younger than us and obviously encourage people who have more like experience to open up and have more candid conversations about sex. The video that I recommended, like the couple, um, Charles and Stephanie were talking about how they've been in churches and they didn't even know people were married because they, they didn't even even see them hold hands or brush shoulders. And I'm like, what's going on? What's like, the meaning, Jackie? <laughs> Literally, like what mm. is going on? So I think we just need to have com- candid conversations about sex. Like it doesn't have to be crude or, you know, anything like that. But it can't just be like, this is sex. Like, we don't need to be skirting around it and things like that. We can talk about it frankly. Like, if we are, if sex is something that God has created, like, why are we treating it like it's a shameful thing? Right. Um, it was meant to be good. It was meant to be good. Exactly. Another thing I think we can also do is just um, raising our children right. And I think calling out mm-hmm. um, harmful ways of thinking about what men and women's bodies when we see it. I think parents have a responsibility not just to mm-hmm. police women, their women, anybody's body, one, but specifically not their not children. children. And they also have not a... It's not right for you to just sort of co-sign the fact that your son brings home X amount of types of women. Types of women, not meaning in terms of quote-unquote promiscuity, but the frequency in which they day or they, emotional, they are emotionally available or physically available, excuse me. Um, and I just think, yeah, just hold people accountable, basically, and have conversations that don't just mm. make women function as like just have conversations. Play things. Have conversations. Yeah, mm. exactly. Mm. Yeah. 
Yeah, I definitely echo all of that. I think, unfortunately, for a, a lot of people, maybe in the generation or two above us, some mm-hmm. damage has been done that can honestly oh, yes, only okay. be repaired through therapy, counseling, a reintroduction to the faith if they're even still wanting to hear any of it. You know what I mean? But I think, as for our age and the generation below us, I definitely agree with you. Like, more conversations like this more conversations that don't center women but realize that purity i saw this quote in an article like the idea of abstinence the idea of sexual behavior is not just a topic for young women it's for a divorced father of three it's for a single woman in her 40s it's for a young teenage boy it's a conversation that everyone's meant to be um included in i think also the, the thing that's so difficult is that a lot of people, these messages are coming from the top. They're coming from the pastors, etc., mm-hmm. etc. And there's just a big issue in general mm-hmm. in the church with being able to call out people who are in positions of authority, either because of this culture of, in my opinion, almost and sometimes dangerous levels of deference to people in those type of positions but also because they have authority they have huge platforms to spread such messages so i don't know how they'll be dealt with but when the revolution comes (laughs) i'll be knocking on their congregation (laughs) doors all right but yeah i think i think those are the main things that need to be had also to just even just to change the language this the term purity i dislike severely when it comes to this um sexual context but child we can only pray (laughs) and you can help by sharing the podcast (laughs) yeah i don't think there's too much more to add you said i said it's perfect it's just having more conversation and also parents should okay christian parents should talk to their kids right like there's so much fear mongering where like people learn stuff outside and it would just be easier if you tell them first then mm. they can like actually think critically instead of you having to yeah. or the church having to debunk what they've heard yeah. no for real i think we should actually talk about that just for a quick minute because i think especially in african cultures like there's such a taboo around sex in general i don't think i've ever even heard the word sex said in my house between family members <laughs> and i'm being so genuine right now i have the marriage counselors oh okay 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 <laughs> i was gonna say Rrr. but like even just even when like people start like having sex in a film you know it's gonna be fast forwarded in my house if I'm watching something yeah, no, with my parents. Or you have to act like if no one can see yeah, their remote. You have to, you have to yeah, act like away. you're looking at everything <laughs> I under the sun. You're saying, oh, isn't it so interesting that the time right now is 5.53? Um, I think I left my elevator in the fridge. I'm just going to go check on it. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? And just, just the whole idea of that it's not even something that you should ever, like, a, a naked body, oh my gosh. And this is the thing, like, people, children, especially black children, are not getting their sex education in the house. So guess where they're getting it? They're getting it either from porn websites or they're getting it in the street when they're having it the first time. Okay, they're going to learn about sex in the middle of it. And that, that is a problem. That's very something. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> 
so I I feel like that is definitely an area that needs to be worked on. So parents, if you're listening, jazz up, jazz up expeditiously. <laughs> Thank you so much for listening to our conversation. We hope that you guys can engage with this conversation. So um, our social medias are the same at Let God Podcast on Instagram, Twitter and Facebook. So and our DMs are always open. Our individual DMs are open as well. So just tell us what you think. Are there bits you agree, disagree, have anything to add? And if you guys will probably do like something on our story so that we can share people's thoughts as well. And yeah, just keep sharing our podcasts. Thank you for all the love that you continue to show us. And there are more interesting topics coming up. Also, if you have any recommendations or suggestions of topics that you would want us to talk about, our anonymous form is open. Our DMs are open as well. But yeah, thanks for listening. Yes, bye guys. Bye. Goodbye.